your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of John, John chapter 8. By the way, I do want to uh, remind everyone to be in prayer for Brother Morris, Brother George's mother, Luella, and she is on hospice now, and just we, we know she's in the Lord's hands, and so just pray for her, pray for her comfort and such. All right, uh, for our John chapter 8, verse 42, we'll read a few verses there. And then go over to chapter 14, look at a couple verses there as well. John chapter 8, let's read, we're going to look at more verses than this, but what a great song, right? Amen, about the name of Jesus Christ, there is no other name uh, like the name Jesus. And we were talking this morning that there is none other uh, like Jesus. And uh, tonight we're going to be looking at uh, um, just a little bit of a different message, maybe more of a discussion, but who is right? How many of you have ever got into a religious discussion with someone? Anybody here? Okay. Most all of us have. If you, wherever you work, there's always going to be people, they find out that you're a Christian, they find out uh, maybe something about you. There's always going to be those that will want to, uh, like the scribes and Pharisees, try to trick you with a question. I always had that. Uh, they, they would get you, like a, one of these gotcha questions. And some of them were almost laughable. Um, I, some people believe that if you ask a Christian about dinosaurs, it's really going to throw them off. No, there's nothing, no big deal about that. I even know I had dinosaurs on the ark. Not a problem at all. Um, oh, oh, here's a real good one. Uh, did, did Adam have a belly button? Well, that's a real tough question right there. Uh, people really give that thought. But, uh, and, you know, there's other things, too, maybe more serious. Now, I don't mind questions that are sincere people that just don't know you can always tell right you can tell those that are trying to trip you up trying to maybe even mock christianity or those that sincerely have questions but nonetheless we need to know who is right it bothers me when i see so many young people across the nation that are indoctrinated with an anti-god anti-american philosophy philosophy excuse has um uh, transform their minds in the wrong direction. They go to college respecting uh, people, respecting their nation, and maybe having a, a degree of, of love for the word of God, maybe the people of God. But boy, they are indoctrinated. They are challenged. They are uh, even brought to the point where they are uh, mocked and made fun of if they don't go along with what they are taught in some of these universities. I won't, I won't make a blanket statement, but it, we know what's happening. Inter, look at any of the, some of the Ivy League schools, in fact, some of them are the worst. $1,000 a year, what kind of education are they getting? But you will find just a, a, an awful, uh, where, where people are more willing to embrace socialism, more willing to uh, listen to a professor, than they are their preacher, or they are their parents. And so we'll look at this tonight and, and just get, maybe stir up some things in your mind to think about. But let's read here, verse 42, John chapter 8, verse 42 down through verse 47. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. Now, so already he's questioning their, in fact, he's not questioning, he knows their hearts. For I proceed, uh, proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? 
even because ye cannot hear my words. Ye are of your father, the who? The devil. Now, I'm sure that made their day, but he was right. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye would do. That's why you can't understand me. That's why you're not on the same page, because you're of your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he is no, uh, or excuse me, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. As we know, we talked about Jesus being the truth. He didn't only speak the truth, he is the truth. The devil is a liar. He not only spoke the lies, he is uh, the, the epitome of, of a lie and uh, the father of it, as it says here. And then verse 45, and because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God, heareth God's word, words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Now, I don't advise anyone to make statements like this uh, unless you know for sure. But what I'm saying is, we don't know the heart. Jesus did. I, I can't look at someone and say, ye are of your father the devil. I'm, I've had people tell me that, oh, I know your heart, preacher. No, they don't know my heart. Only God knows that. I know your, your uh, actions are more. Now, if I tell them, that's a different story. Um, I've had some people tell me where they are spiritually, and we're quite proud of it. And, um, but still, we need to be, with compassion and love, present the truth. It's not our place to judge. Let's not, you know, right there, okay, God, bring fire down from heaven and consume these wicked individuals. No, that's not our place to do that. Uh, that's, that's, uh, God's the judge. We are just his spokespeople, and we need to speak up for him. Now, look, go over to chapter 14, looked at a few verses here, very familiar passage. We'll start there at verse 3. Well, you know, I, I can't. Let, let's go back to verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, Jesus said, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus said, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And then Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. Now how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we do ask once again, because we just need your help. We need your wisdom. We need your compassion, your love. Uh, for we are in, uh, I believe, those perilous times when uh, people are in antagonistic uh, towards truth. They, uh, people even show great hatred and anger uh, when people talk about you. So I, I pray that you'd help us to die to self because it's not about us. It is all about you. It's not about us getting our, or winning an argument but it's about us trying to lead someone to a place where they will receive you as their Savior. So you use us, Lord, in this way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There is a lot of young people, and it does disturb me with, I mean, I'm talking about young people who were raised in Bible-believing churches. And uh, they have a lot of questions in their mind. Nothing wrong with questions. We ought not be afraid of those. None of us have all the answers. God does. But, and in fact, there's nothing wrong with saying, when I ask you a question, 
I don't know. Nothing wrong with that. I don't know the, the answer to that question, but I will find an answer. I will look in the Bible. I will uh, talk to others. And so, uh, nothing wrong with saying, you know, sometimes we, oh, you may know individuals that try to uh, talk their way through it. They don't really know the answer, but they just try to act like they know the answer. We don't want to do that because we don't want to uh, misdirect anyone. We don't want to uh, try to uh, impress anyone. All our, our goal ought to be is try to reach people for Christ. The Bible, though, in spite of the questions, in spite of the doubt that's been placed in the hearts of many, not just young people, but uh, 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 many older individuals, in spite of their skepticism and their doubts and their uh, uh, even anger towards the things of God, I want you to know with all confidence I can stand here as a preacher of the Word of God and say just that. This is God's Word. The Bible is the Word of God. It, from Genesis to Revelation, there is no error, there is a mistake. It's the infallible, perfect Word of God. And we can completely trust it tonight. Like I said, we may not have all the answers, but they are here. And so let's uh, get into the Word of God. The best thing that you can do for a family that does not know the Lord, for friends that do not know the Lord, is get into the Bible and allow the Bible to dwell within us. But there are many who deny that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant Word of God. And they ignore all the evidence. It's funny. You know, we've heard this for over a year and a half. Now follow the science, right? No, we've heard that statement repeatedly. All the science is what's going to get us through this. But these people don't follow science. They have an agenda, don't they? And um, in fact, the fact of the matter is, True science lines up perfectly with the Word of God. In many cases, all through history, uh, science has been catching up to what the Bible has stated for thousands of years. And uh, so I won't get into that tonight, but we know that this is the Word of God and that this is what's happening. People are ignoring the evidence. And rather than believe the evidence, they decide to believe someone who clearly knows nothing of the Bible, knows nothing of the history of the Bible, nor the authenticity of the Bible, and they decide that, well, this, since this man is a professor, he ha he's a doctor so-and-so, uh, he must know the truth. And so I will choose to follow and believe him over what I've been taught from the Word of God. What a dangerous thing that is. And they decide not to believe in God's truth. And then here's another thing that happens, and we see it. If you've watched any of these interviews with some of these young people, um, they, uh, they become, well, quite proud of their intelligence and of their uh, reasoning. And quite honestly, in most of these interviews, they reveal their ignorance and their confusion. Uh, when when a, a Harvard student can't even tell us the basic history, that's pretty bad. When they don't even know what socialism is, that's bad. Uh, but when they begin to spout religious things as though they are experts on this now because professors told them that this book is not true, uh, that's a dangerous thing. And I, I, I don't think as a, as a parent, now my children are not children anymore, but I would not stand idly by and someone was going to be indoctrinating my children. I could not do that. 
uh, I, they would be getting at the very least a phone call. There is no way that I would spend money for them to indoctrinate my children. And, uh, but sadly, in many cases across the nation, parents relinquish their responsibility to that of the, the teachers or the professors. And, well, the fact of the matter is and they just trusted them. They didn't think there was anything to be uh, uh, fearful of, any danger. But there really is. I'm not talking about just the political setting of our nation, but I'm, I'm speaking more specifically about the eternal destiny of the soul. Uh, a person that has been indoctrinated with false doctrine and, and taught that there is no God, well, that's a dangerous, more dangerous than anything else. You know the verse, you've heard it before, in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Oh, we have many who say, oh, this is the way. Oh, I, am, I understand. I, I know all these truths, and this is the way. And they are, are proud of it. They are maybe confident in their teachings and very sincere in their te teachings. But it may seem right unto man, but if it's not right according to the Word of God, according to God, it's wrong, and they're headed for destruction. So here, number one, I just want to ask some questions tonight. Who's right? about the Bible. Um, now, I, I just wanted to give you, uh, note some um, modern so-called Bible scholars and what they've said about the Bible. Here, uh, the uh, New Oxford Annotated Bible, the Reader's Digest, uh, well, that's another one, I won't get ahead of myself in the Reader's Digest, but the New Oxford Annotated Bible, these so-called scholars, they said the Israelites were more history conscious than any other people in the ancient world, probably as early as the time of David and Solomon, out of a matrix of myth, legend, and history. Thus, and they go on, thus the Pentateuch took shape over a long period of time. What they're saying is Pentateuch's not the word of God. It's just a bunch of writings, myth, like uh, uh, any of these, uh, the Greek mythology, and uh, they kind of categorize it in the same way. Then, now get to the Reader's Digest. Surely this popular magazine knows the truth of things that are right and wrong. And, and, and they wrote this. Genesis, nearly all modern scholars agree that like the other books of the Pentateuch, Genesis is a composite of several sources embodying traditions that go back, in some cases, to Moses. And so they're even denying that Moses wrote uh, the, the Pentateuch. But here we have two sources that present themselves as being, quote, Bible scholars in our day and age, and they, uh, they are saying that the first five books of the, the Old Testament are nothing more than just myth and legend, and which means they're not inspired uh, by, the, by God. They're not the inspired revelation uh, uh, directly from God. And so did you know, know that Christ quoted from every book of the Pentateuch? Apparently, Jesus Christ thought, or no, not, he didn't just think, he knew that the Pentateuch is God's word, and it is all authoritative. And it was written by the, God used the uh, earthly individual Moses to write the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, and it was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Um, 
In fact, you find um, his statements from the book of Genesis, you'll find them in Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 24, several verses in those chapters. You'll find uh, Jesus quoted from the book of Exodus in the book of Mark chapter 12, uh, verse 26. And he was citing there Exodus chapter 3 and verse 6. Leviticus, he quoted from the book of Leviticus in Matthew 8, 4, citing uh, uh, Leviticus 14. In Numbers, he quoted from Numbers in John chapter 3, verse 14, uh, citing Numbers 21, verses 8 through 9. And then, uh, of course, that's where he's talking to Nicodemus, and talking about uh, how uh, they put the serpent upon the pole. And then Deuteronomy, he quoted from that in the book of Mark, chapter 10, and uh, citing from Deuteronomy 24. So, so all five books, that's just a few samples of where Jesus quoted directly from the Pentateuch. Now, that's all I need. I don't need anything else to tell me that those first five books are just as inspired as the rest of them. By the way, those that are questioning, these so-called Bible scholars, don't just question the first five books. If you question the creation, then you're going to question everything. And so it's all. Uh, these, are, these are things that are being taught, though. Uh, there are some people who like to uh, tout that they are self-educated. You know, they read all these things. Uh, I've had people tell me, uh, I've asked them, well, where did you read this or hear this? Well, it was on the Internet, as if that's gospel. It's on the Internet, so you know you can trust that. Everybody knows that. Uh, no, I, of course not. But who should we believe? Should we believe Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, or should we believe the Reader's Digest? It's, quote, Bible scholars of our day. Now listen to this. A recent poll, and there's no need for me to, though it's listed here, the uh, mainstream denominations, because quite honestly, there are some Baptist churches that I would not even tolerate as far as they've gotten so far away from truth. You know, you used to be pretty safe and... Um, in knowing what the church was by the title, but not always the case today. But here's this recent poll found that most of these pastors in this main, now this is not an off-stream, this is a mainstream denomination that they do not believe the Bible. I'm not talking about the people sitting in the pews, I'm talking about the preachers. Most of them, of these, uh, and they have become more liberal um, and polls have shown that at least 30% of these ministers do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. 30%. And 82% say they do not believe the Bible is the perfect word of God. I don't know how in the world they get up to preach on every Sunday if you don't believe this book is the word of God. What, what kind of authority is it if I get up and say, thus saith Randy Miller, so, but thus saith the Lord, carries with it all the weight and the, and the power of God himself. So anyway, I, I don't know how they do that. 82%, that's pretty sad. As early as 1968, a widely publicized scientific survey by Jeffrey Hardin, which was published by the Western University, or excuse me, Washington University, showed that about 60% of these pastors, and, and I, I don't know why, but it, right here it's just a study that I looked up on this one denomination, 60% of the clergy did not believe in the virgin birth. At least 50% did not believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ. So a Gallup survey in 1982 revealed that 
54% of these preachers believe a community service is more important than proclaiming the gospel. What a sad commentary. This, by the way, is a denomination that uh, had some great preachers in the history of America in it. And um, it's sad to see the, this is not just across from young people, but when you have preachers in mainstream denominations who don't even believe the word of God, who do not believe that Jesus is the son of God, and he was born of a virgin, and they, in fact, many of them even doubt the resurrection, how in the world are we going to be expecting our young people to be grounded in the truth? Well, listen to this Anglican Bishop David Jenkins. He's typical of the clergy in his church. He openly questions every major teaching of the Bible, including Christ's resurrection. Uh, this Church of England bishop says, the Christian is not bound up with freak biology or corpses getting up and walking around. He's talking about the resurrection. Of Christ's virgin birth, Jenkins says, as for the virgin birth, there are the sort of stories that get told after you already believe somebody is very important. You don't have to believe in the virgin birth. This is a, quote, uh, or was a re religious scholar. Then uh, J. Kincaid Smith testified of his experience with modernism. And this was then, this just happened to be in the uh, Lutheran seminaries. But he said, when I graduated in 1973, to the best of my knowledge, none of my classmates nor I believed in any of the miraculous elements in the Bible in any supernatural, no six-day creation, that Adam and Eve were real historical people. They didn't believe that. That God really spoke to people. The flood with Noah and the ark, that wasn't true. The Red Sea party. He, and listen, this guy, this was in 1973. And he was stating then that uh, none of his classmates, to his knowledge, believed these things. And he goes on, he says, the Red Sea party, we believe that no Old Testament scriptures foretold of Jesus of Nazareth. I don't know what he was reading, but he surely is not reading the word of God that you hold in your hands tonight. And uh, that he did not believe that Jesus was, or that Jesus was not anticipated in the Old Testament. Again, blind ignorance of the word of God. And he said, no virgin birth. Now this is, uh, this is a sad commentary of some of the relig mainstream religions. I'm not talking about you know, cults or uh, uh, branched off of this and that. Now, let me ask you, uh, again, just a couple questions here. If you were God, would you call a man into the ministry to declare that your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who suffered and died for the sins of all of the world and who declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life, would you call a man that believes that, that, that Jesus, that said all of that, is a liar? No. God's not going to call someone uh, to preach the, the word of God. Would you think that Jesus would say this uh, if it were not true? Do you think Jesus spoke these words just to fill pages? And that maybe it sounded good like quoting from Shakespeare? No. These were truths that are not just for uh, uh, 1,000, 2,000, or 3,000 years ago. These are eternal truths that will stand the time and uh, will be forever. But if you were God, 
Would you bless or have anything to do with a church or an organization that denied your written word and your very revelation of yourself to man? Look, that's why it's so important that we guard the uh, teachings of this church. That we don't just take it for granted, oh, it will always be this way. No. Dr. Lee Robertson used to always say, everything rises and falls on leadership. Depending on the individual that you... you I, I've seen so many good churches. In fact, the church that Dr. Lee Robertson pastored for, pastored for 40-some years uh, is no longer there. And they uh, uh, had men that come in with different philosophies. Uh, honestly, they did not tell the truth up front. But then they got into position, and their philosophy is we don't, you know, we know that we're going to lose people, but uh, we're just going to go ahead and go down this route, and uh, and it destroyed the church. So there are um, literally thousands of churches who use the name of God, who claim to represent Him, but in truth they deny God. They, in what they are saying, they would even call God a liar. And they degrade his power and his majesty by proclaiming their false doctrines and practices. The question is, who then do these churches serve? Hmm. That's a good question. Again, not mine to really answer, but it becomes very obvious when they tell me, no, no, preacher, I don't believe in Jesus being the Son of God. Oh, no, this crazy uh, thinking about Jesus dying and then coming back to life. Nah, that didn't really happen. Those are just a fairy tale. And that virgin birth thing. No, I don't believe it. Oh, you know, creation. Six literal days, six, you know, seven days of rest. I, that could never have happened. Oh, and that, that, you know, that thing of the flood. Uh, no, there's no way that ever happened. And then uh, Jonah, on and on, don't they? If once you, in fact, if you doubt or question Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, everything then is open for question and doubt. And uh, when you have so-called Bible scholars, they're not serving the Lord if they're promoting these kind of teachings. It's that simple. And I know today we're, we're so fearful of making dogmatic statements. And I can understand that in many areas of life. We can't be real dogmatic in other areas. But when it comes to the Word of God, we can. It does not change. It is absolute truth. And it will stand the test of time. And it will be the judge of all people one day. But anyway, uh, the question is then, you know, who do they serve? Um, and let me ask you this. What would you call a man who denies what God has said? I wouldn't, I wouldn't call, I, in fact, I wouldn't have respect for him. If I was in a service, I care not where it would be, and the preacher got up and began to say, you know, I know what the Bible tells us here, but I don't believe that. And I don't believe all this and that, things that I've already said. That's the time I'd be looking for the expert. No, you just waste my time. That's a waste of time. And uh, it bothers me when even the unsaved use the name Jesus Christ in cursing and take his name in vain. But it would even bother me more when a person who should know the truth proclaims such a false doctrine that really is from the pits of hell. So 
religion has been the instrument, the, the, the devil has used religion all down through the ages uh, to mislead people. So, um, again, what does such a, a preacher have to say that's of any value to you and I tonight if he does not believe this book right here? And then, secondly, who's right about Jesus? Here's what Jesus said about himself. He proclaimed here, look at verse, um, this is John chapter 8, look at verse 12. And then Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so, who are we to believe? Jesus, when he stated this? Let me give you the context of what's happening here for the sake of time. The scribes and Pharisees, in verses 1 through 12, they just have brought before Jesus this uh, woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. As they bring her before Jesus, they, what were they doing? Like they always did, they were trying to trick Jesus. They were trying to trick him into condemning the woman to death, thus defying the Roman law, or not condemning her, thus he would be violating Jewish law. So they, they thought, we've got him. We've got him over the barrel. There's no way out of this. We know that he's going to stumble and make a mistake here. Now, Jesus, at first, did not respond to these foolish men. They were so full of themselves, they thought everybody would stop everything they do and and salute them and bow to them or whatever. But Jesus wasn't that way. He didn't respond. What did he do? The Bible tells us he stooped down to the ground and he began to write something uh, in, the, in the dirt there. Now, I, my, my thought, my opinion is that what he was writing there were some of the sins of those very men, those scribes and Pharisees that stood around him. Could be. Now, I'm, I, I'm not going to be dogmatic in that. But, uh, but this is what he was doing. He was writing in the dirt. And then they, they pressed him, and suddenly he stands up and he says this, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And Jesus then again stoops down and begins to write once again in the dirt. The people uh, there, they heard Jesus, and what happened? They were convicted. They knew Jesus saw right through them. And they began to leave. Uh, you could hear the stones to the ground as they walked away uh, from this this uh, woman they had brought before Jesus. And beginning from the oldest to the youngest, there was none left um, but the woman. Jesus then, he rises to his feet one more time, and he asks the woman where those are that accused her of this crime, and uh, would, was there anyone left to condemn her? Was there anyone left that uh, had no sin that could cast a stone? And she replies, no man, Lord, no one. And then Jesus said this, there, the verse that we just read in verse 12, it said, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So the response to this statement, to Christ's statement, uh, they say to, to Jesus, thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. They say, Jesus, you are a liar. It's no different. I cannot imagine those men standing before Jesus, standing before the one they had seen do these wonderful, amazing miracles, the one who had fulfilled every Old Testament prophecy concerning the coming Messiah and saying he's a liar? Boy, but they do it today, don't they? 
Oh, they may not say those exact words. They may not stand behind the pulpit and say Jesus is a liar, but they question the virgin birth, the bodily resurrection. They question the miracles of the Bible, the creation of, of the earth, and all these things. In essence, they are saying Jesus is a liar. That's what these men were saying. Thy record is not true. They rejected the words of Christ. Now, Jesus, in verses 14 through 19, he answers their lies. Yes, he's speaking to men who held the highest position in Judaism. He said they did not know God the Father. Therefore, because they do, did not know God, you do not know me, is what Jesus told them. Jesus said that God the Father bear witness of him, and he bear witness of himself, and under the law, that was enough. Uh, let's just read that response there. Jesus, in verse 14, answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know him, or know me, nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. Um, again, they had walked right into this. They uh, were trying to trick Jesus Christ. How, you can't do that when he knows the very thoughts and, and intents of our heart. But uh, Jesus answers these lies and speaking to these men. Uh, he says, you didn't know my father, and there's no way you can know me. And he said that his father bear witness of him, um, and uh, he bear witness of himself. Uh, he was referring to the, what I just mentioned a moment ago, the, the very fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophecies concerning himself, concerning the promised Messiah. And to the smallest detail, they were fulfilled. And so that was uh, uh, how he was saying here that they bear witness of him. He, the, the father bears witness of him, and he bears witness also by his miracles that he did. What he did uh, uh, also proved who he was. He performed before them these great miracles, proving without a doubt, without a question, that he was the Son of God. He was from God. Now here's the question. How did God the Father bear witness that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and was true? And I think the answer would be the Old Testament. The Old Testament is God confirming, uh, that is God's word, and uh, that confirming that uh, in the prophecies that he, would, he gave us in the Old Testament, telling us about the coming Messiah and then Jesus fulfilling them. So he, the second question, how did Jesus testify of himself? Uh, I already mentioned that, the miracles that he did. Uh, they proved that he was of God. Uh, for almost three years, they saw uh, these miracles that took place. In John chapter 3, you're not far from there, that's a familiar passage where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And in verse 2, the, uh, this Pharisee, Nicodemus, who later was saved, but he understood this, he said this, we know in John 3, 2, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man 
can do these miracles that thou doest, except God uh, with, be with him. Now, this is interesting. Nicodemus says, we, that we all know this, all the, uh, us Pharisees. But now, they didn't say that before Jesus. So they knew the truth. They completely rejected it as truth and believed their own lies. That's a sad statement. That, uh, apostasy is what that is. And so Jesus proclaimed that he was God. And that's what set them off so much where they wanted to kill him. Look uh, with me back in John chapter 8, uh, verse 24. John 8, 24. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. He's claiming to be God. And then verse 28, then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. He, in those two verses, as well as many other scriptures, but he, in this context here, he is clearly proclaiming that he is God. Verse 30 records that, look what happened here in verse 30, and um, as he spake these words, what's that next word? Many believed on him. Now you would think then the Pharisees say, you know what, this is a wonderful thing. These people that were lost and without hope have now come to faith, and yet they, it, it even set them more against the Lord Jesus Christ. But thank God, Jesus wasn't there to try to please the Pharisees. He wasn't there to try to be in the in crowd and, and to have his, um, you know, to be popular with the religious leaders of the day. He was there for the lost. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And many believed on him. Now, if you are saved, you will see these folks that got saved that day, you'll see them in heaven. Won't that be neat? And uh, Jesus then proclaims in verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Praise God. Listen, these people who are embracing the lies, the false doctrines, they're not free. They, they want to tell you they are. We are free thinkers. Yeah, we, we uh, don't just go society. Tell, well, that's not true. Uh, they're following mobs. They're following... They're following a professor. They're, they're being indoctrinated. And not just young people. This is, there are many ages. But Jesus, uh, he proclaims the truth will indeed set you free. Uh, then Jesus uh, tells them what these hard-hearted scribes and Pharisees, what they knew in their hearts that they wanted to kill him. Uh, why? Because Jesus said he was the only way eternal life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's why they wanted to kill him. Uh, these unrepentant sinners will never see heaven without him. And that's basically what he's saying there. And uh, they didn't like that. Then in verse 40, verse 40, but now ye seek to kill me, I, a man that hath told you the truth. He said, why you, I'm telling you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Uh, Jesus said he had told them the truth, and that's why they wanted him dead and silenced. Verse 44, uh, ye are of your father, the devil. Here he proclaims that, that uh, where, where their heart really was. 
that they were not uh, God following God at all, but the devil. In verse 45, Jesus again says he told them the truth. Uh, and because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. They were totally antagonistic. They called Jesus Christ God, God uh, in the flesh on, that, on the earth here. Uh, they called him a liar. Oh, God, uh, he did have mercy on them because, I, I don't know, doesn't that really upset you? If someone comes to your face and says you are a liar, you are not of the truth, I mean, we want to defend ourselves. No, that's the human response. But Jesus, oh, how merciful he was to these uh, Pharisees and scribes. Uh, I hope that some of them finally came to themselves and understood the truth. But uh, so Jesus said, I speak the truth. Why then don't you believe it? It's because you're not of God. A pastor gave this report that he uh, uh, appointed a missions committee in his church. And the committee was to uh, kind of go out and research what church could do uh, to, uh, uh, well, to reach the world and what they should be doing on this missions committee. And so they did that. Time went by. The committee concluded that, and this was their public statement, peoples in our, uh, other countries have their religions and culture, and so why should the church meddle in their culture and religion? Now, by the way, would you conclude that this was a church that believed the Bible? I would not. They seem to have never read uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and many other scriptures, Matthew or Romans chapter 10. The pastor looked them straight in the eye and said, you don't believe in hell, do you? No answer. Isn't that sad? No answer. And uh, clearly the missions committee did not believe the Bible, and clearly they did not believe the teachings on hell. That is the liberal statement today. Well, they have their culture. We don't want to disturb the way. Look, culture is good to a degree. Nothing wrong with that. There are different cultures all over the world. But when it becomes contrary to this book right here, it doesn't matter if it's in Africa, China, if it's in Australia or South America or America, it matters not. That culture is wrong. If the culture is, for instance, I, I remember a professor telling me that uh, he had a friend that was a missionary, and this missionary went to this uh, primitive uh, tribe, and they, were, they had married multiple wives. So these men were getting saved. Then he told them that they needed, that the Bible teaches only have one wife. They end up killing their uh, other wives. That's not what the missionary wanted them to do. But, um, so I'm, I'm just saying here that, that uh, uh, people need the word of God wherever they are. They don't need to try to fit their culture with what the Bible teaches. I don't care if they're American, Chinese, uh, wherever they're from, African, it matters not. They, this is the word of God, the truth for all races, for all nations, for all people. And so folks believe in heaven. They're willing to do that, but they don't believe in hell often. In fact, a lot of preachers don't believe. I already talked about that. There's many on the television that are preaching uh, today that don't believe in hell. Uh, not the hell that Jesus Christ preached about. And so... 
uh, did you know that, that we have the same source that preached or that taught us about heaven also taught us about hell? And that same source is God, Jesus Christ. And he uh, records that truth in the Bible, his word. And so therefore we can know with confidence because we can say, thus saith the Lord. No one has seen the flames of hell, but God knows what they are. No one has seen the pearly gates of heaven that are, is alive on this earth, but God does. No one was there when the earth was created, the universe, the galaxies around us, but God was there. You see, he is the source of all of our knowledge and, and understanding and wisdom. So I've had people tell me that they believe there were many ways to heaven uh, other than Jesus Christ. And they're, you know, they're, they're pretty uh, dogmatic on that point. Uh, you can't just say that Jesus is the only way. Yeah, he may be one of the ways, but there are many ways to heaven. Again, that may sound good, but that's not Bible. That's not truth. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I read to them this verse that I quoted this morning, and I've read it. Uh, it's very plain. Let's listen again, Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given um, under or other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved and i would read that verse to them and it did not matter to them what god's word said well i don't care about that but it just i believe this as if they know more than god but isn't that what these pharisees and scribes were doing i know more than you jesus i know more uh than than god and and so it didn't matter. Often they would insist that there were many ways to heaven. And I would always challenge them, listen, just read the Bible yourself and see it yourself. It's not hard to understand. But they weren't interested in that in many cases. They ignore God, who is the author of our salvation. They up their mind about religion. They put their faith in, in what they had created in their mind. Now we see this played out before us in many areas of life where it doesn't matter what the truth is this is what i believe and it doesn't matter what what has happened what is historically fact but i just don't believe it so it's not going to be that way in my life i mean it's just it's just plain uh, well pride arrogance and foolishness and that's what um, we see here happening before the Lord Jesus Christ, and we see it around us. May God burden our hearts for people who have been deceived. They ignore God, again, who is the author of our sal salvation. Uh, is God lying about these things? No, we know that. When God says there's only one way to heaven, there's only one way to receive eternal life, and that that solely is through Jesus Christ, that's it. We can know that is true. Again, I read this verse, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Who is the author of true faith? It's Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set, set before us. Verse 2, listen to this. Looking unto Jesus 
the author and finisher of our faith. Well, uh, none of us here tonight would say that Jesus was a liar. And maybe even some of these modernistic preachers wouldn't say that, make that statement. But when they deny that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that when they deny that Jesus Christ died, when they deny that he was in, buried in that tomb and rose again the third day, they're calling him a liar. When they deny that he's going to return, like he said, they're, they're calling him a liar. And it's that simple. And so then, let me, uh, I don't even have time to, to uh, uh, give you the points I want to tonight, but I would say as you talk to people, again, our goal is not to try to win an argument. You may win an argument, but lose the soul. Our, 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 our mission is not to try to impress people with our knowledge, but our goal, our mission, uh, is to try to reach them for Jesus Christ. And so challenge people to uh, honestly seek for answers. A lot of people who question this book right here have never really read it. But yet they are authoritative on it because maybe some professor, maybe some preacher said this or that, and they've never read God's Word. So challenge them to read it. And then challenge them to obey. In fact, it needs to start with us, right? We need to obey God and be that testimony before others. And um, maybe there's some that have joined in with the scribes and the Pharisees and they've reasoned in their own minds and said, you know, I think I know more than God and uh, the, the God that created everything. So do you think any man can know more than God? Of course not. Do you know any man who can judge God? Of course not. The cream of the Jewish society, these scribes and Pharisees, they thought they could. They invented their own faith. They condemned Jesus Christ by this uh, faith of theirs. Now, let me just throw out these questions here in closing. Um, I would challenge people to be honest with themselves, to really... Uh, uh, ask them, do you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins? In fact, don't get in a con controversial conversation. Take them right to the gospel, for we all have sinned. Start with something simple. That's easy for us to understand, easy for a sinner to agree with. But ask some people who are just dogmatic and believing, why? Why don't you believe? Why don't you believe God's word? And then on what do you base your unbelief? What do you base your denial of the Bible, uh, God's word that it's not true? And, um, and this, this is a very important question, too. Uh, this question is kind of a test. Uh, pass or fail. You will spend eternity in hell or, or heaven based on your decision. Believe it or not, it is fact. There is no one on the face of this earth that can convince me tonight that God is a liar, nor you. We know God is true. We know the Bible is true. God said God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it? I, I, I know. I know better. Look, I, and so do you. But I've studied the Bible for 
almost half of a century. That's hard to believe. I know you didn't think I was that old, but I had a, I have a theological degree in Bible. I have spent many years in earnest, formal Bible study in learning the Word of God and learning what God said in His, His Word. I'm not, what I'm trying to say tonight, I'm not a novice. I'm not just come on the scene and I, I gullibly believe whatever I've been told. My belief is not based on my own speculation. My belief is not based on the speculations of men. Uh, it is based on what the Bible literally and clearly says, what it teaches. No part of the Bible have I not studied over these years. And I, I, I also have studied the religions of the world. Uh, I, not at great length as much as I have the Bible, but I have studied those. I know their doctrines in, in some cases. There are so many new ones coming on the scene. And I can confidently say that they are all lies. They're not of God. And uh, so I'm not interested in trying to find common ground in our beliefs in that way. That's why I'm not an ecumenical believer. I believe this book. There is no room for negotiation. I will be friends with anyone, but I'm not going to have them come and try to indoctrinate us or teach us in our pulpit here. God is no liar. I know that for a fact. You know that for a fact. A well-known preacher once said, it will never be popular to follow Christ, but it will always be right. Do you really believe God? If we really believe God, Christian, it'll change the way we speak. It'll change the things we do. It'll change the way we work. Uh, it'll change every aspect of our life if we really believe him. It boils down to this, like so many today, they heard the truth, they heard God's word, these scribes, these Pharisees, yet they refused to believe it. They, refused, they knew the truth, and they rejected it. They concluded God is a liar, and that I know more than God. And I've talked to people, again, that act the same way. They concluded that they are more intelligent, that they have greater reason, reasoning powers, and they choose not to believe. Let me say, say tonight, that those individuals, without Christ, if they die, they're going to hell. It's that plain, that simple, and it ought to break our hearts. But it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of believing. It's a matter of accepting God's word. We can be dogmatic when it comes to God's word, when it comes to the doctrines of the, of the faith. Let's stand on this truth. Let's have every head bowed, every 